Hi, I'm Tom Weaver, director and evangelist with Rock Solid Ministries, a free North American revival ministry. You're listening to the RSM podcast, Just Preaching Program. Our guest preacher today is Brian Goins. Let's hear his message from God's Word presented at Salem Christian Church in Richmond, Kentucky. I'm going to sing you a song this morning that I wrote. And really, it's based off a scripture uh, in Matthew chapter 7 when Jesus is in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, verses Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, where it talks about the wide and the narrow gate. That's uh, uh, what he is uh, speaking on at that particular time in the Sermon on the Mount. When I wrote this song, I just kind of, if you've ever written a song, you got to write it down immediately or else you'll forget it. And so. Uh, I, I went ahead and I sit down. I was at work one day and I, I wrote this and, and I hope it blesses your soul and most of all, I hope it glorifies the Lord. Now the Lord has told us all to walk the narrow way but still we sometimes fall and even go astray. Oh, when Jesus died on the cross there's one thing I know he died for me to save my soul, so up to heaven I'll go. Now I'm walking that narrow way, but now I'm not alone. My Savior walks beside me and directs me where to go. One day when that trumpet sounds and comes to call me home, I'll be walking on those streets of gold, never more to roam. Well, sometimes that beaten path gets cold, lonely, and dark. But Jesus said, I am the way, and we should fear not. So the next time you cross the road and Satan says, come with me, you can tell him that you're not alone, my Savior walks with me. Now I'm walking that narrow way, but now I'm not alone. My Savior walks beside me and directs me where to go. One day when that trumpet sounds and comes to call me home, I'll be walking on those streets of gold, never more to roam. I'll be walking on those streets of gold, never more to roam. Well, thank you so much again for the opportunity to be here. Uh, Elmer uh, kind of texted me there a few weeks ago, and, and uh, I had uh, the last of this month, I resigned my position as the worship minister down here at Big Hill because I felt the Lord was going to use me to preach the word wherever it could be preached. And so I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to do that. I'm also grateful to have my family with me this morning. Uh, they don't get to come with me that often, but when I'm kind of local here, they do come with me. I'm going to take the chance just to, for a second to introduce you. My wife is sitting right here, Sarah. Uh, my youngest is in her lap, Catherine. And my other one, uh, Caroline, is, is over there. So uh, Caroline's seven, soon to be seven. Catherine is three. So I am grateful to have them with me here this morning. I want to I want to ask you a question this morning, and this question is is kind of maybe a rhetorical question. I don't know. 
Um, if you want to go to Luke chapter 12, that's where we're going to be at this morning. If you got your Bibles and you want to follow along, Luke chapter 12, whether it be on a, a, your mobile device or uh, your, your physical Bible, whatever that may be, I am uh, going to be in Luke chapter 12. But I want to ask you a question this morning. First of all, before I do that, I want to say thank you to the veterans who are here this morning. My dad uh, served in the Air Force from 1966 to 1970. He was in Vietnam uh, during what they called the Tet Offensive uh, in 67 and 68. And I've heard stories about that. And uh, that generation that came back from Vietnam never got the appreciation that they deserved, in my opinion. And so uh, thank you. If you. No matter if it was Vietnam or whatever, however you served, thank you for that opportunity. But as yesterday I drove to West Virginia, or Friday night I drove to West Virginia, and, and so I could ride my dad in my car uh, in, in the Veterans Day Parade there in Princeton. And he was telling me a story uh, uh, about a particular time over there. And he was saying uh, when he first got over there, they were hitting him with like 160 rounds of rockets a night. And they were, you know, they had to be ready. And, and that's what I want to ask you this morning is, are you ready? Because my dad, whenever he told me this story, he said, when you heard the alarm sound, you had three seconds to get your helmet on, your flak vest on, and get under the bed. Now, I found that kind of prof profound. Three seconds to do all that before you know, rockets could be shelling the, the air base they were on. And that, that got me to thinking, are we ready? You know, we're, we, we often say we're ready for sporting events. Man, I'm ready for football season. Or if you're you know, a Kentucky basketball fan, man, I'm ready for Kentucky basketball until about January, and then we're frustrated with Cal by then. <laughs> but we're, we're ready for... We're, everybody asks you this time of year, are you ready for Christmas? I... And that's most of the time the answer, is my opinion, is probably no. We are not ready for Christmas. But I, I have a question for you all this morning. Are you ready, number one, to give a defense for the hope that's in you? And number two, are you ready to meet Jesus? I'm going to, go, I'm going to read you a verse here from 1 Peter 3.15, but we're going to be in Luke 12. But I want to read this verse to you from 1 Peter 3.15. Peter says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we come to you this morning. We say thank you for the opportunity to pray to you. And Lord, we know that you are the ultimate healer. You are the ultimate uh, one we serve, and we come to you this morning asking for you to be in this service, that your spirit would move, because we know that it's in this place, because your word says where two or three are gathered, your name, in your name, you'll be there too. And Lord, I just pray that there's someone here who's been contemplating a decision for Christ this morning, that they're not ready to meet Jesus, that they make that decision to be ready this morning. And Father, just thank you. Use me as your messenger this morning. May my words be your words. And Lord, I thank you for answering this prayer. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. amen. And so, Peter, he, he says this, you know, be ready to give a defense to everyone. And so, I got to doing some searching and, and you know, what, where did Peter 
you know, learn, possibly learn this from. And I went back to Luke chapter 12. And that's where we're going to be at this morning, Luke chapter 12. Peter, you know, he was one of the inner circle of, uh, of Jesus Christ. It was Peter, James, and John. Uh, those were the three that you read when, when Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration. You see those three are there. They see Moses, they see Elijah, and they see Jesus lifted up and He's transfigured. And if you know, we know that none of the rest of them were there, but Peter, James, and John were there. And so Peter was kind of in the inner circle uh, of Jesus Christ, and he was eager to serve Jesus, we know, because when uh, Jesus is about to be arrested in the garden, he cut Malchus's ear off. And so Peter, Peter was eager at, at points in his life. But Peter, here is one instance in Luke chapter 12 that he would have learned about being ready. And so we go to Luke chapter 12, and we read the first few verses there. It says, In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another... He began to say to His disciples, He being Jesus, First of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. And so, this morning... I want to let you know that first of all, you need to be ready to give a defense. And he tells his disciples here in these first two verses of Luke chapter 12 to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Now does anybody know what hypocrisy is? It's being something you're not. You're exactly right. If you go back and you look at the, the, the original, of where this word originated, uh, it's hypocrite, and so in old Greek uh, plays and, and wherever they had uh, those things back in, in those times, those, what, those are what people were called whenever they played. It was one person playing many roles. They went back, they would go backstage and they would put different masks on. They would come out and they would be different people. And that's what Jesus is telling His disciples here, is to be aware, be ready to deal with these hypocrites. Now let me ask you a question this morning. Do we know anybody who's a hypocrite? Well, Jesus certainly was calling his, these Pharisees out in just a chapter back in, in verses 39 and 40 of, of Luke. Jesus is in the home of a Pharisee. And, and these Pharisees have invited Jesus into, into his home because they're trying to catch Jesus up in a lot of stuff. Because they didn't like what Jesus was saying it was going against everything that the law of Moses, that they held sacred. And so Jesus tells them here in verses 39 and 40 of, of Luke, He says, Now you Pharisees make the outside of the cup and dish clean, but your, your inward part is full of greed and wickedness. Foolish ones, did not He who made the outside make the inside also? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you this morning, we can't come meet with the body of Christ on Sunday and give our tithes and sing a few songs and listen to a sermon and then go out on Monday and be someone totally different. If you are, then you are a hypocrite. 
Now that's not me saying that. That's what Jesus is saying here in His Word. We shouldn't go out and, and people should know that we are Christians. We should let our light shine before men. And if you're not letting your light shine before men, you're not obeying God's Word because that's what He says. I am uh, friends with uh, a gentleman by the name of Tom Weaver who is uh, Rock Solid Ministries' director. Rock Solid Ministries is a ministry that I work with. They hold, they hold free revivals all over the United States and Canada. They are sponsored by uh, one family in, in Mississippi who said, we'll pay for you and your salary if you'll go preach a gospel. And so they, they go. And oftentimes they ask me to uh, come to a church who may need some uh, extra special music or singing that week. And so I go from time to time with them. And so he has a podcast and it's called just simply the RSM Podcast. You can find that on Podbean, uh, I t- you know, whatever you find podcasts on. If you, I encourage you to look it up because there's some great uh, things on there. But in one of his uh, podcasts, he interviewed a guy by the name of J.D. Miller. Anybody know who J.D. Miller is? Well, if you know J.D., you know J.D. Miller. His dad, Jackie, is the evangelist at the Berea Christian Church in Lexington. J.D. Miller wrote the song, Nationwide is on your side. And he also wrote, We Do Chicken Right, the old KFC adage. And so J.D. has written a lot of songs. He's done a lot of things. And through those opportunities, he played with Bill Gaither and the Gaithers for many, many years. And through those doing those things, he had the opportunity to go to China. And while in China, now you know China is not one of those countries that you can go to and just worship God freely. It's very, you have to go underground, you have to do all these things, you know, to be secret about your worship in China. And to save a long story short, at the end of this podcast, J.D. talks about they had been over there, and this one, one uh, commander who was with, the, you know, the Chinese that was leading them around, looked at J.D. and he said, I knew you were a Christian when you got off the plane. And J.D. said, well, how did you know? He said, we here, we can see your light. And he said, I saw your light when you got off the plane. And so that's my question to you all this morning. Do you let your light shine before men? Are you ready to give a defense for the hope that is within you? You know, we shouldn't worry about what to say when we give a defense, should we? Because we, when we encounter non-Christians in the world, Jesus here says in verses 11 and 12 of Luke chapter 12, He says, Now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. And so Jesus is telling here in, in this that the Holy Spirit will guide us what to say in those situations when he, we are ready to give a defense for the hope that is in us. Now I know some of you say that's probably hard to do. It's hard to, you know, because our tongues get tied and we might be afraid of, of what to say. And that brings me to my second point this morning, which is be ready to witness. Fear. Anybody ever scared of anything? Scared of 
of the dark or, or scared of maybe uh, driving at night, something like that. But fear, if we let it, can weaken our witness for Christ. This, just this past week, uh, Wednesday night at, at, at our house, uh, my girls and I we did a uh, we did a little uh, a little Bible lesson on fear, and one of the main points of that lesson was don't fear. Jesus is strong. That's one of the main points of our lesson, and Jesus is strong. And He's saying here in verses eleven and twelve that the Holy Spirit will guide us what to say. Have you ever had that opportunity to witness, some, witness to someone and you didn't for fear of rejection? Or maybe you were afraid of being embarrassed? Do you think Jesus was embarrassed when He was hanging on the cross with nothing? When they stripped Him and they beat Him and they put a crown of thorns on Him and He was bleeding and He couldn't hardly carry, he couldn't carry the cross to Calvary so they had to have somebody help Him? Do you think Jesus was embarrassed? Ladies and gentlemen, we can't be embarrassed. We can't be afraid of rejection if we want to witness for Jesus Christ because if we are, then His Word says He will look at us and say, Depart from me, I never knew you. What we should be afraid of is not hearing the words, Enter in thy good and faithful servant. That's what we need to be afraid of. Verse 5 of Luke chapter 12 says, But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who after he has killed has power to cast into hell. Yes, I say to you, fear him. Now I want to tell you this morning, I'm not going to fear anything the world has to say to me because I know that Jesus Christ is with me whenever I'm witnessing. And I know that if... I don't, that He has the power to cast me into hell. God controls everything, He says, even the number of hairs on our head, which for some of us ain't a lot. I'll just be honest with you. Now that's, that's not throwing at any particular one. I'm just saying He knows the number of hairs on our head. But what, does, what did Paul tell Timothy about fear? 2 Timothy 1.7, Paul told Timothy that we weren't given a spear of fear, but one of power and love and of a sound mind. Now if you're a Christian here this morning, we need to let our witness be strong. And we need to let others know that Christ lives within us and we need to be ready to give an answer for that hope that lies within us. Exactly what Peter said in 1 Peter 3.15. Now this morning I've, I've talked a little bit about being ready to give a defense, being ready to witness. Those are all things that if you're a Christian that we should be ready for. But if you're not a Christian here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you need to be ready because He is coming. Amen. If you look at on over in Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 20, it's the parable of the rich fool. And if you read the parable of the rich fool, he was running out of room 
to to store all his stuff, and he was getting he was building up all these material things. And he says, I'm going to have to build bigger barns because I don't have enough room. But God said to him, you fool, your soul will be required of you this very night. And so he wouldn't, he wouldn't have seen all this bigger barns that he was going to build because his soul was going to be required from him. And ladies and gentlemen, this morning I want you to know that the fool lay up treasure for themselves and isn't rich towards God. We don't need to worry about material things like clothes or food or anything. We don't need to worry about those things because God will provide for us what we need and no more. Now, he also says worrying. Who can add a single day to his stature by worrying? You ever heard anybody say, well, you're going to worry yourself to death. Ever heard anybody say that? I'll tell you what I have never heard. I've never heard somebody look at me and say, well, why don't you worry about it? Maybe that'll help you a little bit. I've never heard somebody say that because worrying will not help you. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6 even talked about that. Don't worry about those things. Luke 12, 31. Jesus tells them, Seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. We shouldn't fear. We shouldn't worry. We should first seek the kingdom of God. And then He says, All these things, all the clothes all the food, all these other things that we worry about, those things will be added to you if you seek the kingdom of God first. And if you don't know Jesus Christ this morning as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you seek Him with your whole heart this morning. That you'll come forward. That you'll say, I can't go through this life without Him anymore. And when you do that, you let others know, I want to be ready because He is coming. Now, Brother Elmer this morning mentioned over in our Sunday school class this morning about our giving. We give of our first of ourselves, and then we give of our time, and we give all these things. But I also want to ask you this morning, and he did mention something similar to this. He says, there where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. Now, I want to ask you a question. Where's your treasure? Is it in material things? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I told you I went and drove my dad in, in the Veterans Day parade in my car. I love my car. It's a 2005 GTO. It's got a Stage 2 cam in it. It's got headers on it. It's got exhausts on it. It's tuned. It's, I love my car. But I don't love that car so much that it gets in front of my relationship with Jesus Christ. Last Sunday, I was driving to a church up in Robertson County to preach. And I saw these guys. It was about 10 o'clock. They were on the golf course playing golf. Thought to myself, gentlemen, you need to be in 
assembled with the body of Christ instead of playing golf? Where's their treasure at? Some people will say if you look at your bank account, you'll know where your, where your heart lies. I've heard that statement before. And so I want to tell you this morning that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now we get to the point that I want to make this morning about the being ready for the coming of Christ. And I want to read this uh, scripture this morning. If you'll go to verses 35 through 40 of Luke chapter 12, I want to read that this morning. He says, Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Assuredly, I say to you that he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Listen to this, don't miss it. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Amen. We need to be ready because He is coming. Jesus Christ, right there in that Scripture, verse 40, said that He is going to come at an hour we do not know. If you look through that just small passage we left there, some of the servants were ready for the Master when He would return home from the feast from the wedding feast. They had done the necessary things to be ready. Have you done the necessary things to be ready for when Jesus Christ comes? Because the thief Satan's going to try to keep, keep you away from doing that. He's going to try to tell you that all, this, all the worldly things are going to be a lot better. Just live how you want to live. God wants you to be happy. He wants you to just prosper and grow without Him. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't do that. We are nothing, nothing without Jesus Christ. Our brother in, in Sunday school this morning said we are not our own. We are His. And we got to be ready for when He comes again. Because He's going to come at an hour you do not expect. You ever had somebody show up at your house unexpectedly, knock on the door? What do you do? Oh my goodness, I got all this in the floor and I got to pick this up. Kids, go put your toys up and you're running around and you're stepping on stuff and all this kind of stuff. You're trying to get ready for that company to come in your house. Well, it's the same way. When Jesus Christ comes... There's going to be people crying for the mountains and the rocks to fall on them. There's going to be people that were not ready. In Moses' day, I'm sorry, not Moses, Noah. In Noah's day, when he built the ark and God shut the door and it started raining, there were people beating on the door, clawing on the door, wanting to get in because Noah had told them it's going to rain. And they just looked at him like he was foolish. It had never rained. But they believed when it started raining. And people, I'm here to tell you this morning, there's a lot of people that say they can predict when time is going to end. Or there's a lot of people that say there's nothing 
after this life, you just stop existing. They will, the Bible says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So whether you are ready when He comes or whether you are not, you will bow. The question that I want to ask you this morning is, will you hear those words, enter in thy good and faithful servant? Or will you hear, depart from me, I never knew you? Now we have all the time that we know of. If you're 40 or 45 or 50 years old you've had, and you're not a Christian, you've had that much time to prepare to get ready for Jesus to come. And if you've not made that decision, why do you wait? We've, we've showed this morning that He could come right here after this service. He could come during the service. We don't know. But we are to be ready. As I conclude this morning, any, any of you ever listened to Phil Robertson, Duck Dynasty, Duck Commander? I've, I've read a few of his books and, and I've watched his uh, podcast with his sons and, and listened to it some and and one thing that I've heard Phil Robertson say that I do like, and I'm going to steal it from him this morning. I'm giving him credit now so I, you know, I don't get plagiarized or anything like that. Phil Robertson says that through Jesus Christ, He is the only way we get out of this life alive. He is the only way that we will get to see the tree of life. He is the only way that we get to walk the streets of gold. He is the only way that we get to see our loved ones who have gone on before us. He is the only way we get out of this life alive. Now why do you tarry this morning if you're not a Christian? Why do you wait? C.S. Lewis is a famous author. And I read this quote from him one, one time and it has stuck with me and I want to share it with you all this morning. Maybe it will stick with you. C.S. Lewis says, You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. You can't go back and, and say and, and fix all the things you've messed up. Those things are over and done with. But you can start where you are right now and say, God... I am forever yours. I surrender my life to you. I want to work for you. That scripture we read this morning where it says, our body is His, that's what I want to do. I want to make sure I 100% surrender it to you and work for you and be ready to give a defense about where my hope lies. And be ready to witness for the cause of Jesus Christ because there is a world at the bottom of Pusey Ridge that needs to hear about Jesus. And it's up to each and every single person in this audience this morning. That is your responsibility. That is your duty is to take Jesus Christ out of the four walls of this building because this building is not the church. You are. And how can anyone see the church if you're not showing it in your life? Now, if you're not ready this morning, the Bible states there is a way for you to get ready. And that's called what I call, what some people call the plan of salvation. The plan of salvation says, first you must 
Here, Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. And he says you got to believe. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only Son, whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then you have to repent. Repent means you turn away from your old life and you go the other way. You go run towards Jesus and not look back because we know what happened when Lot's wife looked back at Sodom and Gomorrah. Luke 13.3 says, Unless you repent, you too will also likewise perish. Then you've got to confess who Jesus is before men. Because Matthew 10.32, Jesus said, If you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. Then after you confess, you must be immersed into Christ. That is part of the plan of salvation. There's no sinner's prayer. There's no nothing that will give you salvation. Salvation is found in Jesus alone, and we contact His death, burial, and resurrection through immersion. Romans chapter 6, Acts 2.38, Mark 16.16. All those things will tell you you must be immersed for for your salvation. And then lastly, that's it, right? You just get... You get your certificate, you get to go home, and, and I'm, I got my get-out-of-jail-free card, right? Yeah. That's not what it says. The work has just begun. Because we got, those are the times that we study to show ourselves approved what Paul told Timothy. He says that we should be ready to give a defense and be ready to witness to people. Because when we do all these things and we live this Christian life, we, we have faith and works like James tells us in the whole book of James. When we do these things... James and Revelation will tell you that we will receive a crown of life in the end. I want, I want to see Jesus. I want to see, have that crown of life. And I hope you do too this morning. Now we're going to stand. We're going to sing our song of invitation. If you have a decision to make, Brother Elmer's going to be down here. You can see him about making sure that you are ready for when Jesus comes, because if you are not, you better get ready, because He's coming no matter what people say He is. Let's, as we stand we sing our invitation, if you have a decision, would you come? Our thanks to preacher Brian Goins for sharing this message with us. You can hear Brian share about his life and walk with Jesus on podcast number 52, and you can hear him sharing more of his original songs on podcast number one. Six, seven. Be sure to tap the like and follow buttons on your podcast engine so you won't miss any of our Just Preaching, Just Music, or Frontline Servants programs on the RSM podcast. Also, if you would, please share our podcast with your friends and co-workers in Christ and on your social media pages. We'd really appreciate that. To learn more about Rock Solid Ministries, our free revivals, online services, and printed materials, visit us at rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. Until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye, and may God pour down His blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.